Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk, Season 9, Episode 4, Trends in Post-Weld Heat Treatment. Today, we're talking with Tamar Salima, an induction heating specialist with ITW Welding's Middle East and Caspian Sea Team. Let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thanks for joining us today. Um, once again, we're joined by Tamar Salima, who is an induction heating specialist for the Middle East and Caspian Sea region. Tamar, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. So I'd like to pick up where we left off. Um, talk to me a little bit more about post-weld heat treatment, um, monitoring how they, they monitor, make sure that they stay within regulations and specifications, and, and go that route. So what can, what can you tell me about post-weld heat treatment and such? Um, well, actually, post-weld heat treatment, I'm, I'm seeing industries, in fact, try, trying to avoid post-weld heat treatment, like in the pipeline industry. Uh, it's uh, it's really uh, designers always trying to keep their uh, design thickness or pipeline thickness below the um, thickness which needs Boswell heat treatment. Yeah. Uh, is that just for I, time and cost or is there other reasons to it? That's because if you involve Boswell heat treatment for all joints on the on a, on a cross country pipeline that will be a nightmare you can complete just like uh, 20 30 kilometers in one two years because nowadays it's a it's a trend to use automatic pipeline welding as a welding technology you can get productivity 30 or 40 or even 50 joints per day if you have four to five five automatic welding stations so to accommodate that uh, boss wall heat treatment will be the bottle a, 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 a big bottleneck in the project. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that gives actually more importance to preheating. Um, if the if the pipeline up to based on many specs in the Middle East, if it's up to like thirty one mm. Or 31.5, you don't need really to go for Boswell heat treatment, as I can see in the market. But that that gives more importance to the preheat to reduce the uh, residual stresses and to um, uh, let's go to why we really need to do preheating. Once again, we need to do preheating for uh, reducing the weldment cooling rate and having better mechanical properties. Uh, in addition to get the hydrogen out, that also helps in reducing the residual stresses that may be blocked inside the microstructure because of the uh, welding process um, involved in that. So uh, I'm seeing many f- pipeliners are using induction heating on the on the preheating processes. Um, and another example is offshore rigs. The it's it's a bit difficult or very difficult actually to put all the that structure build for offshore in a furnace or to do uh, local boswell heat treatment. So they give more importance to preheating applications or interpass temperature control or may go further to dehydrogenation or boss heating activities 
like just after finished the welding jo- the, the joint to raise up the temperature up to 300 or 315 degrees Celsius for 15 20 minutes to make sure or to give more time to hydrogen that might remain locked inside the microstructure to migrate from the microstructure. Yeah. So it's really about slowing down the cooling rate. Right. Right. Exactly. So uh, industries most likely to apply local post-wall heat treatment is the process piping, power piping, and so on. Uh, This is the local post-wall heat treatment. In fact, um, um, pressure vessels manufacturers are stress-relieving in furnaces. So they build a permanent one, a huge one to put the, f- the vessel in after finish all the joints uh, or welding activities. Or they, uh, they make a temporary one even at sites for for vessels or uh, spools fabricated, fabricated at size if it is mega project. Okay. So uh, regarding the local heating, I, I'm, I'm seeing induction heating and resistance heating in the market. Okay. And with that, how are they making sure that, how are they monitoring? What, what's going on to, to verify that they're reaching the temperatures they need to reach, not going over, matching cooling rates uh, according to specifications and codes and standards? Well, um, in post-wall heat treatment, if we if we briefly describe that, um, uh, by definition, it's a, a controlled uniformity heat treatment cycle, which relieves major portion of residual stresses that remain locked inside the microstructure as a consequence of manufacturing process. And our manufacturing process in this case is welding, involve higher rapidly higher temperatures and cooling and all that. So um, as a consequence, there will be. Uh, uh, residual stresses in the microstructure and we heat um, gradually part or bevel or weld area to a certain level of temperature that will be determined by code and specs but normally for carbon steel is about 620 degrees C and hold it for some time we call it soak time to make sure all the uh, microstructure or, or, or thickness got heated uniformly and the uh, microstructure got enough time to, uh, uh, to um, restructure and uh, in the way we are looking for for enhancing mechanical properties and get and got rid of the internal stresses as well. Then cool, cool the uh, joint down to the uh, ambient temperature gradually uh, with a specific cooling rate. Yeah, this is a brief about the uh, boss wall heat treatment or stress relieving. And the goals behind this is to relax the residual stresses generated after welding process in addition to increase the resistance to the brittle fracture uh, and to reduce the hardness. That's why we are seeing uh, hardness tests comes or usually after boswell heat treatment if your hardness level within the limit so you are done uh, that to ensure also ductility or to move metal more to ductile instead of brittleness yeah mm-hmm. so in general we are enhancing the material mechanical properties by boswell heat treatment 
So um, going back to the uh, industries, how they monitor, actually, um, uh, I'm seeing many people are waiting for post-world heat treatment chart. You know, um, a machine will be connected, any, any machine like induction heating or resistance heating will be connected to the, a, a pipe through thermocouples. Those thermocouples, like two wires, will be uh, welded to the pipe on the um, uh, heat-affected zone, let's say, um, using thermocouple attachment to it. It's electrical device just to discharge um, electrical, um, uh, like electrical charge to weld that thermocouple to the uh, to the to the joint. Um, that thermocouple will give signal back to the machine through millivolts, and that will be treated with the machine, and the programmer will read it as temperature. So this is how the um, induction heating or resistance heating machine connected to the uh, to the pipe. If you are asking about how the industry uh, record, that will be through temperature recorder. We have two types of temperature recorder available in the Middle East. That is a digital recorder and a normal analog recorder with with the, with the chart paper inside, moving with a specific um, speed. Uh, we call it chart speed and some uh, something like a pen to 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 draw that chart through dot dotted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that's how the chart is going to be generated by the feedback from the thermocouple systems uh, or to the machine. Specs will say or codes will specify number of thermocouples should be welded around the joint circumference. Mm-hmm. So um, it depends on the diameter um, and material type, but mainly diameter. So um, I'm, I'm seeing um, many people are waiting for the chart to see if it's a right boswell heat treatment cycle or not but i want to always say it's more important also uh, to to look at the setup how this um especially with the with the, with the ceramic pads how those ceramic pads are uh, secured around the port if the heating band is as per required or not uh, if the those ceramic beds are welded in a correct place, uh, in fact, ceramic bed should be welded between. The, uh, uh, sorry, thermocouple should be welded between ceramic beds, not in direct contact and not under the ceramic beds, as it will. If under the ceramic bed, it will sense or got will get affected by the ceramic bed temperature itself. So getting um, into those details is very important to check also power cables and thermocouple extension cables are placed in a correct in a correct way and so on. And induction heating, um, uh, those uh, thermocouple will be should be welded also in the same center line. It's what it's important to to measure. Uh, therm- uh, temperature along the entire circumference on the same center line. Yeah. Okay. On the uh, there is an important point also here to speak about actually. Um, ceram- uh, resistance heating 
in each and every output, there will be uh, four or three ceramic beds uh, getting power from the machine from a single output, depend on the machine capacity. If you have a 70 kVA machine, uh, you will see four ceramic beds are connected to a single channel, right? So one thermocouple will control four ceramic beds, okay? So if you are putting thermocouple near or under or next to a ceramic bed, out one, one of four or one out of four, and you got one failed, it might not be reflected to the temperature recorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we have a um, we have an issue, uh, and and I'm seeing many people are putting uh, extra uh, reading thermocouples because if one uh, or two ceramic beds failed or not working on the same uh, channel, they can at least get indication out of that. Right. They, don't, yeah. they don't want to mess up the entire post-weld heat treat because they had a pad go out or a, a, a mat go out. Yeah, actually, uh, if you are waiting in the office wait, uh, for, for, the, uh, for the chart, you may see a nice chart. But what happened actually at site, uh, some ceramic beds might be filled or was not working, were not working. Uh, so we need to just look at this and make sure uh, the entire joint circumference got heated as per the specs. In induction heating, as it is single heating zone, uh, that will guarantee uh, some sort of higher qu- quality control, in fact. If you have a, a joint and heat treat by induction, uh, you do it or not to do it at all. It cannot be partially heated. You know what I mean. If there is electricity running in the in the inductor or heating cable, then the joint, all the circumference will be heated uniformly. Or otherwise, if there is any discontinuation, there will not be heating at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's yeah. an all or nothing. Okay. Yes. Right. So. Right. Induction heating provides great consistency in heating, faster time to temperature of the part, ease of use, and safety in operation. Learn how to heat faster, increase weld quality, and save costs. Check out MillerWelds.com. Is there any closing thoughts or or ideas we want to share with our listeners about um, heating, whether it be post-weld heat treatment or preheating? uh, since we're talking about post-weld uh, heat treatment here, I want to always advise to um, to use uh, induction heating for joints starting like 14 or 16 inch and above, as you can save lots of time and money behind this. Why? Because actually the heat treatment cycle using induction heating, if you consider as example, 20 inch or 24 inch pipe, it could be some somehow about four to five hours maximum. You are putting everything in place and set up in 10, 15 minutes, and then you need 10 minutes to uh, to reach the first control point, which is about 250 or 300 degrees C. 
So in less than half an hour, you are uh, already in in the control zone of the, your post-wall heat treatment cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you are heating by uh, he- heating with the heating rate like two hundred degrees C, you need about four hours to reach six twenty from three hundred from three hundred to six hundred. For example, you need about um, uh, one and a half hour. Then uh, then you need one hour to uh, to as a soak time. Then you need one and a half hour to reach. Uh, 300 back again at the cooling rate. Yep, mm-hmm. right? Then total control heating cycle here is four hours. In addition to half an hour, that's total for four hours and a half, right? Right. At the point where, where you reach 300 degrees C at the cooling curve, you can stop the machine and you can touch everything. All the parts are cold. You can just take the cable, heating cable, power extension cable, everything, and just go to the next one, next joint, right? Mm-hmm. In many cases, um, uh, users or client is asking just to keep the blanket on, on the pipe, just to cool down under insulation. That's it. But in fact, you can take the equipment to the next joint. Okay. Okay. And... And and if you have so so total four and a half hour to complete a heating cycle, but in uh, but uh, if you if you do that with with resistance heating, you will spend two hours in the preparation and maybe to reach two and a half hour to reach uh, the uh, first control point, yeah, and then you add f- the same four hours, which is controlled. Okay, so that's total six to seven hours, right? Right. Then you will end up with very hot stuff. You cannot touch your ceramic beds or very hard to get ceramic beds disconnected and all that. So what I'm seeing as a normal practice in the market, technicians or operators are leaving all the stuff till next day morning as their shift eight hours already over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are coming next day morning to take off the stuff spending another one hour or two hours in the morning taking off the stuff and to go to the next joint, right? Right. Okay. So, in fact, in terms of multiple joints, boss wall heat treatment with induction heating, if you have 24-inch pipe and you have similar joint, you can use two cables and do multiple joints, multiple mm, symmetrical joints in one go using just 35 kilowatt or 40 kilowatt or whatever available in the market. But you can use half the power of the resistance heating in doing uh, multiple joints. Yep. Okay. That also will improve the productivity. Okay. Well, Tamar, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your time and your expertise. Um, I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have learned a lot. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.